1: One whistleblower, two whistleblowers, they might be anonymous, but their mouthpiece is Deep State. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6, but I do move around during football tonight. I'm on from 9 to 10 which is a little bit more in my comfort zone, I have to say. I kind of like it when the sun is down. Take it easy. Have a chat. Uh, Say hello to my producer, Binkley. Hey, Binkley, how are you doing?
0: Fantastic. How are you?
1: (laughs) Great, great. So, I don't, you know, normally if I had this amount of time, I would kind of reflect what we do during the week, which our drive time news blast, which is 30 minutes of up to the minute news every day and time for drive time. Uh, So that every day we take the headlines of the day. And, and even then it like jam packed right into 30 minutes. You kind of, we always go over and we could do it right now with the news of the week, but I don't think that we could hit anything uh, deep enough to really get to the meat of the matter. And there are a couple of really big stories from this week. Uh, But if you, if, one of them, I just, it, we don't actually have time to get too deep in it. It's still unfolding. It's still breaking news. What's happening in Syria by way of Turkey. i If you do want to hear my thoughts on that, I started this Monday on the Drive Time News Blast, which you can get a Propaganda Report. Any You can search for Propaganda Report on the podcast feed that you like the most or go to thepropreport.com. But I, as soon as Trump said he was pulling out of Syria, which he really wasn't, he was just moving troops around, to make way for a Turkish operation, I kind of felt that what I had been expecting for years is an excuse to escalate our presence and our activity in Syria after Russia got us on our heels. So I don't know what's really the—what's uh, going to come of this, but I have to say— as it unfolds, I get increasingly concerned that this is going to be a major escalation. But you can follow the day to day as we do it on the Drive Time News Blast. But the thing I wanted to get into more deeply today is the is not so much the impeachment stuff, but the whistleblower stuff. So there's all this this stuff about uh, the. Uh, Obviously, what's taking the headlines day after day after day is this impeachment inquiry launched by Democrats against Trump based on uh, originating with a phone call that we have a transcript of a rough transcript. So you're always going to have the debate on whether there's missing pieces that really change the meaning of a call that Trump had with the Ukrainian president that he. They want to imply that he that Trump was asking for a quid pro quo, that he would withhold aid in return for this Ukrainian president to investigate the Bidens in Ukraine. And there is a fundamental flaw. And And so the so the impeachment is based on what whistleblowers brought to our attention, even though the original whistleblower wasn't even in on the call. It was hearsay. He was briefed or she And decided to come to the uh, inspector general to to blow the whistle on what he thought was inappropriate or she thought was an inappropriate call. But how it's presented is that the Bidens are that Joe Biden was really very clean with respect to any dealings that Hunter might have had over in Ukraine. Hunter was working for a big energy company and. And the thing that seems to exonerate Biden from any whiff of scandal that would mean that Trump was really on a witch hunt himself is that Biden tried to get the prosecutor fired for not pursuing the head of Burisma Holdings, which is the company Hunter Biden worked for. But as I dug into the story, I discovered that there was something strange going on there in that there was an anti-corruption operation funded both by the United States federal government and George Soros, where they wanted the head of Burisma to be pursued by the prosecutor, Shokin. And when Shokin wouldn't do it, Biden got him fired and replaced him with Lutsenko. And I just tried to figure out why that would be. And one of the ideas that I speculated on was that, They put Hunter and his cronies in place in that company so that if they could get asset seizure, asset forfeiture, like they do here for drug deals against the guy who owned the energy company, the people who were on the inside on the board would be able to dispose of those assets, maybe to their buddies, maybe for high fees. So that's how I think uh, or that's a That's an explanation I think could fit the pieces of the puzzle that don't quite fit about why Biden was going after a prosecutor for not pursuing his son's boss. And a lot of stuff has fallen out from there, but nobody ever really looks at the true issue. And I think that is a true issue. I think that we're focused on Ukraine for some very specific reasons. Maybe we're going to escalate there. I don't know. But there's also another kind of something that I think is important to us, In our attempt to govern ourselves in what's supposed to be a limited government, a democratic republic for the people, by the people, that we need to have transparency, we need to have protections, we need to have the different branches of government strictly comply with their own, uh, what their responsibilities are, the checks and balances are important, and when... And if you ever think of like corruption or conspiracy, the big question is always, well, you they could never get away with all of this stuff if because people will tell. I mean, Binkley, let me let me ask you, like, do you not think or what do you think is the number one reason people don't believe in that there are uh conspiracies at that level?
0: They have. A false belief that everyone has to be knowingly in on some sort of conspiracy in order yes. to do it. So keeping yes. a secret when it's not necessarily the case.
1: And that, that if there were a problem, if there were a conspiracy, the word would get out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so what I'm saying is that there's there's a couple of different ways you can counter that argument first of all the manhattan project i think had a hundred thousand people in on it and it did not get out until what i think is we deliberately gave the bomb to russia so we could have an arms race even though we had no war that's a conspiracy theory on my part but there was a conspiracy the manhattan project in itself was a conspiracy held by a hundred thousand people who thought that they were doing it to protect their government yeah. and i think that's a valid reason for people to keep their mouths shut yes yeah. loose lips sink ships so if so, so you can keep people quiet, or you can keep it so cordoned off that only very, very few people need to know what corrupt activity is actually happening. And there are corruption trials, people are convicted of corruption. I mean, there was a lot, there was, I think, pedophilia in the case of Denny Haster, who was the house speaker. And that really doesn't get that much press, but people knew about that. So, but not a lot of people. But then there's the, there's the, idea that if people do find out uh, i think when you are combat when when the powers that be are trying to combat conspiracy theories they say well people will find out and they will tell but if they find out and they can't tell that really gives a lot of protection to people who might do things that are outside their authority or downright corrupt or manipulative so you take the people, so so these are the whistleblowers. You want the whistleblowers there. If you don't believe in conspiracy theories, if you really believe that that we have all the checks and balances, all the transparency that we need to keep the government from overstepping its bounds and violating our rights, whether we know it or not, using our money and our power and our authority to do immoral things, to steal, to kill, you need the whistleblowers. And because our government, as it gets more and more into being a pathocracy, something working against our interests instead of working for us, we need people to be able to blow the whistle. And there have been a lot of whistleblowers who get marginalized, made fun of, um, retaliated against. And even under the Obama administration, there was a major move a major movement to, to penalize people like that, to read very broadly what people were not allowed to say. Operation Insider Threat really wanted to crack down on anybody inside the government speaking to the press, or even if you knew somebody you were working side by side with in the government who was having family problems, financial problems going through a divorce that you were supposed to report on that person as a potential threat who might want to step out and sell his story or something like that. They were really cracking down. And uh, one of the things that, that kind of blew that open was when a guy named Donald Sockleben spoke to, I think an AP reporter talking about, there was an underwear bomber, a second underwear bomber and I think this stock leaving guy uh, who was in on some very high profile cases in the past, he was a special agent bomb technician for the FBI. And he was involved in the investigations of Oklahoma City, the First World Trade Center bombing, the Unabomber, the embassy bombing in East Africa, the USS Cole, September 11th. So he was aware of all those. And many of those actual ones have some fishy backstory, like the First World Trade Center building had uh, Imad Salem, was an FBI informant in there, and he said, hey, man, your guys have real bombs. And uh, and he was just shut down. So maybe it was a situation like that where this guy was like, I can't let something this dangerous go through. And they ended up putting that guy, Donald Tuckley, even in jail for that, for blowing whistle. And also they tacked onto it a mountain of kitty porn, which he may, you know, he pled to it. He's in jail for it. So let's say he did it, but... That's the kind of reprisal that, that deters the whistleblowers so i feel like and we're going to unfold it in the rest of this hour that what we're looking at here is a way to actually tighten up on whistleblowers even though they're going to tell us that it's a way to lighten up on whistleblowers make it safe for them the devil is in the details so let's get on with that right after the break this is monica perez monica perez bring big drama show let's go let's do it on 95.5 wsb atlantis news and talk Got a prize pack for you, a pair of tickets to see Andrea Bocelli in concert with the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra on February 13th at Infinite Energy Arena. The tickets go on sale Monday at 10 a.m. at InfiniteEnergyCenter.com, but you can get the prize pack right here if you're the first to call 404 7410750 750 But in this little segment uh, we've got here, I wanted to just... Uh, bring out the biography or a little bi- biographical information on an interesting character I happened to just investigate slightly during this whole whistleblower thing. I noticed there was a second whistleblower that came up that told us about concerns he or she had against Trump in the Ukraine dealing. And it, this person is represented by. Actually, I don't even think the second whistleblower filed an IG report. I think he's just being represented by the same lawyer as the first guy, a lawyer by the name of Andrew Bacage. So it was weird to me that that a private attorney was the one who was bringing this information forward especially since they're all about protocol, they're all about following the rules and in this case they're all about uh, dotting the i's and crossing the t's whereas with the Hillary email server they were like what difference does it make you know so I's are not dotted but here it's very important to get it all right anyway so this guy he just he claims that he is a whistleblower who was retaliated against and there's an article from 2019 referring to an incident in 2014 where he blew the whistle on something he was a cia agent according to the story and he blew the whistle on something and turned around and uh for five years he fought that he was they put yellow crime scene tape around his office he was retaliated against and this is why he's now a crusader for whistleblowers But I found something in the Wayback Machine that nobody is talking about. And that is an article that he wrote, this guy Andrew Bakaj wrote, in the 2009 spring-summer edition of the Journal of Public Inquiry, which is put out by the Inspector General of the United States. And he is, this is his bio from 2009. He's an investigator and team leader of the National Security Reprisal Team, civilian reprisal investigations for the DOD, uh IG. Mr. Bakaj provided oversight for the NSA's first successful reprisal investigation. So this is the guy who slaps people down for reprisals and they don't talk about that. He comes out as a victim. It's like they created his persona as needed. So I think that's kind of crazy. Maybe we'll recap that. But I think we're going to move on to something a little deeper right after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Yeah, well... You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. We're back and we are digging deep on the whistleblower idea. And I'm going to dig even deeper than that. We're going to talk about the whistleblower stuff. But I think even this example of how the whistleblower issues are being handled, be be tokens, a bigger trend that is globalism. It is what globalism really is. And I think I've put my finger on something that nobody's articulating yet. So let's get to that. And uh, I'm going to start with Binkley. Hello, Binkley. Hi. <laughs> my producer, which I did not let squeeze a word in last time, even the last half hour, even though I feel like what he brought to me recently on the podcast that we do solidified in my mind what's going on here with the whistleblower stuff. So we were talking about the fact that there are a couple of whistleblowers. They're basically bringing hearsay they're, they're, the first one, in any case, didn't actually wasn't actually a witness to Donald Trump doing anything wrong. There was big news last week or the week before that they had just changed the whistleblower rules here in the States saying that you could just bring something you heard about, not just something you heard. So whistleblower rules have been changing, and they may sound like they're changing for the better, but I'm not so sure. And Binkley, you found that they're doing it across the pond as well, right?
0: Yes, the EU Council on Monday formally adopted new rules on whistleblower protections, and a lot of these rules seem to be seem to mirror what we're seeing over here. Like one of the one of the recommendations they're giving. This, uh, the adoption of this directive gives member states two years to implement the laws into their nation. They say it doesn't have to be the letter of the law by the EU directives, but it just has to echo the spirit of the law. And some of the recommendations that are interesting in it are that it says that national whistleblowing legislation should not introduce special or additional penalties for persons making knowingly false declarations using whistleblower channels.
1: Okay, that to me is the most shocking. You told me a little bit about this document and yeah. uh, I look I didn't read it, but I did look at where who wrote it. But let's talk about this one provision for a second. So they say, repeat that last part. they there is going to be no penalty. For what
0: national whistleblowing legislation should not introduce special penalties or additional penalties for persons making knowingly false declarations using whistleblower channels?
1: See, that's bad. I mean, yeah, it's bad because it right at the outset discredits whistleblowing,
0: yeah. It doesn't
1: even have to be true. It gets equal treatment whether it's true or not, which of course folds into the whole believe her and credibly accused. They're actually enshrining in law that accusations don't even have to be don't even have to rise to the level of negligence. They can be knowingly false. You can. They are encouraging people to lie. Did they happen to say why? Did you happen to notice any rationale behind that?
0: The rationale behind it was that. It had to do with hearsay it was that if whistleblowers only caught a glimpse of a document or only overheard certain information that needed to be the whistle needed to be blown on but didn't hear complete information and that would prevent them from coming to blow the whistle if they feared that they would be prosecuted criminally for reporting false information if the full context proved what they said to be wrong
1: okay but you and I actually discussed a week or two ago the standard for defamation is just negligence. It just, you, they could, so negligence holds you responsible for defamation. This doesn't even hold you to the standard of negligence. No. This is knowing falsehoods. I mean, there is a place where if you, in good faith, thought it was real, that protects you from being wrong. Exactly. That's the standard that they could put in there.
0: And this encourages every whistleblower to present hearsay, Because it gives them ultimate protection if they say it's hearsay. So they can lie intentionally and just say, it's just hearsay. I didn't get the full information.
1: Right, but they can spark inquiry, which negates things like concepts such as probable cause. Like, they're just bringing you—it's like red flag laws. You can just make an accusation. People are getting killed because of false accusations. You go to somebody's house and say, I'm taking your gun, and he knows it's not justified. We talked about that. Gary Willis, I think the guy's name was. And he was killed because of it. Yeah. This is not good. But here's the thing. Is there anything else that you thought was absolutely essential there?
0: Just piggybacking on what we just talked about. Another recommendation is that national whistleblowing legislation should provide for anonymous reporting. A report should not be discarded (laughs) merely because it was made anonymously.
1: So anonymous hearsay and falsehoods are all completely.
0: Bring them on, they say
1: look i i don't think there's anything wrong with saying to your boss i think i heard something funny you know and then at different levels or or it's about your boss i mean i don't think there's anything wrong with being able to raise your concerns and you don't want to have reprisals maybe there could be a method i mean i i don't even the anonymity thing I I can even get behind that, but I cannot get behind, or I'm open to that, but I cannot get behind knowing falsehoods. Yeah. Knowing falsehoods is out of line. But here's the thing about that organization that did the recommendation. So this EU thing, that, the EU is recommending it, but somebody else wrote it from what I saw from what you sent me. It was Transparency International. Yeah, this was
0: Transparency International, which... It advises EU member countries on implementing the whistleblower protections?
1: Okay, so I I clicked through on that byline, whatever, Transparency International, and I saw that one of the organizations that funds them is a George Soros' Open Society. <laughs> and that, yeah, it's funny, right? That, that dovetails, in my mind, with what was going on in Ukraine, which is, so Transparency International claims that it's about rooting out corruption in other countries. Just, rant, you know, it's not from a country. It's not really a government entity. It's private. And they're dedicated to rooting out corruption elsewhere and apparently are okay with falsehoods as being a way to root out the corruption. Now, I happen to identify three organizations. One was inside the Ukraine, but the other one, Kleptocracy Asset Recovery Initiative and Democracy Integrity Initiative, were also Soros things. At least one of those, if not all three of them, is also funded... By the u.s government so the connection i'm making here is that's clicking for me is that here you have these private organizations. so that's a that's like a foundation or whatever basically non-governmental organization i think it's actually in its byline it's in its about page it says it's an ngo so here you have a kind of public private partnership and these kleptocracy all this stuff is public private partnerships in actual crimes so they're really taking law out i'm an anarcho-capitalist like i'm totally fine with hiring an insurance company to protect your stuff and if they lose it they can pay you back for it like that seems like a better system to me but this goes in the other direction where it takes it out of the hands it's it's like a technocracy without consent it takes it out of the hands of the governed of the government's And it operates offline. It creates these uh, laws offline, these recommendations offline, kind of the way Obamacare was written by Soros and passed by people who didn't even read it. But I have a a smoking gun that that's exactly what they that that's that is what they're doing on purpose and doesn't just apply to whistleblowing. It applies to climate stuff. It applies to I feel like we had other the the. Online privacy was something yeah. that I think was approached that way, and here this is uh, the North American Union document from the Council of Foreign Relations that was signed by Heidi Cruz, um, authored by uh, co-authored by William Weld, and in it it actually says the recommendation from the Council of Foreign Relations is to create a North American Advisory Council and a North American Interparliamentary Group that will include congress and the canadian mexican parliamentary representation who will it says like the bilderberg group <laughs> actually says like the bilderberg group or the Verkund conference in berlin could provide this is a quote could provide an agenda and support for these interparliamentary meetings so this is it is the public private partnership of of Actual laws, not even of providing public goods. That If you believe that government has any justification for existence, it's that this doesn't happen.
0: Exactly. That
1: the transnational crony globalists don't completely control who gets railroaded yeah. falsely.
0: Yeah. And right now, the pattern that we're seeing in America is we're seeing a pattern of a portion of the population starting to believe that democracy has failed and we should defer to international rule.
1: Yes, exactly. And that is another thing that feeds in that we've been talking about since uh, from Parkland to Antifa to just local activism that we've discussed. They tell people to walk out of school unauthorized. Then they take it another level and they say, well, we can't follow the rules because they're not working. And they encourage, especially young people, to break the rules, to get out of line. In, in And and what's so wrong with that, it seems to me, is that, I mean, I'm an anarcho-capitalist. I'm not an apologist for government. But the rules do actually seem to work if democracy is your goal, where you're going to represent a majority. I think objective truth is the goal. But they are, it seems to me, deliberately trying to create the crisis in democracy, to take a Brzezinski expression, to justify reaching out globally. You've spot yeah. on, 100 percent right. Let's take a quick break and then uh, wrap it up. The hour's just flown by, but I feel like we've gotten a couple of like great insights worth listening to. So stay tuned for the end of The Monica Perez Show.
0: Monica Perez. No, never give up. Never
1: surrender. On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. That just flew by, huh, Binkley? We're, we're about done. Uh, I can hardly hear you. Yes, it did. Speak up. All right, so here's the thing. I think we really covered a lot in this whistleblower story. I really feel like there are many agendas at play here, and when you look at I always love to refer to the report from Iron Mountain, which some people think is totally true. Some people think it's totally f- fictional, but it's pretty clear only because it projected so much that happened. It was written in the 60s, and it's supposed to be like how these super, super high-level guys think about manipulating the world. The subtext of it was uh, on the desirability on the possibility and desirability of peace. Like how do you keep people in line? How do you keep the hierarchy in place without the constant threat of war? And it seems like they definitely deliver the constant threat of war, but they also say you need global issues that your own nation state couldn't handle like pollution or environmental issues, uh, probably Brazilian rain. Forests burning down or threat from aliens. I mean, that is something they even throw out there. Yeah. And I feel like when you when you break it down like these, if they are going to make it look like our democracy or whatever you want to call it, as a democratic republic, our just rule of law here in the states and in other places, but especially here, is not working, people are going to look outside they're going to look outside. I would say look at the 10th amendment, look inside. Go down to your state level when Trump got elected and California wanted to secede. I was like, that is great. Great for you. Yeah. You should do that, <laughs> you know. But they but they don't think of it that way, and they should. And then you've got this uh even when you pointed this out when the Paris Accord, they left the Paris Accord. They looked at uh the mayors went Tried to look at a global body. Was it the UN? Do you remember that?
0: Yeah, it was like the 100 mayors. It's like a 100 mayors campaign or something. And I know that Mayor Kasim Reed was part of it, where they reached out to the EU or something like that. And... Yeah,
1: so they really bypassed nation the yeah. the nation state in order to reach out to a global government. And I think it occurred to this cabal that they don't even need to formally institute a global government if they can get everybody to just adopt it.
0: To beg for it.
1: (laughs) Ha ha ha! That's a great note to end on. That's the Edward Bernays strategy. So we shall be back on WSB, and also uh, you can listen to us every day on our podcast of breaking news, DriveTime News Blast, at thepropreport.com. This is Monica Perez.